you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you, Buck. Uh, first of all, before we get into what we're going to talk about, I see you got the high school uh, sweatshirt on here. We got playoffs. Do we make the playoffs this year? So we did make the playoffs. And for the first time in school history, we are playing in the open division. So that would Ooh. be we're playing in the top of the top. So we have mm-hmm. an opportunity to play against the best of the best. And we're the fifth seed out of eight. So we um, earned a bye this week. And then we play a very talented and tough Carson. Colts team on the following Thursday before Veterans Day. So it's been good. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that again. For those that don't know, we, we've talked about it in the past, but this is a program uh, that basically been asleep for a long time. Uh, and Bucky was uh, with there with the help of some other people has been able to kind of get this thing turned around, appearance in the state title game last year. And uh, I, I love keeping up with it, Buck. I, I uh, Especially once we get to the playoffs, that'll be my routine. You play on a Thursday, Friday morning, I'll wake up, I'll go to Max Preps, and uh, we'll jump in there and see how Granada Hills Charter was able to do. Uh, but good luck, man. I'll be rooting for you, man, as always. Um, I, I want to get to the Raiders here in just a moment about the changes that were made there. Mm-hmm. We're going to also hit on uh, some of our rookie stuff. We do this each and every Thursday where we give you the results of those rookie impact scores. Um, so we'll get to that as, uh, as well in just a little bit, but I want to start off because we're both basketball fans and you were, you know, grew up in, in Carolina, you went to North Carolina, you played football there, but obviously you connected to the basketball program as well. And then I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. My aunt was a head women's coach at IU when coach Knight was there. And I know there's a, there's a complicated history, uh, with Bob Knight and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that stuff's all out there and been reported, but I think it'd be interesting conversation, even though it's a football podcast, about maybe the impact of that style of coach and maybe the the focus. I think it goes one of two ways. It's on the harsh personality, is mm-hmm. you know, and obviously all the stuff that went on on the negative side of things. But then there's also, you know, you hear the phrase like "this is a coach's coach." Like who who are who are the coaches that the coaches look up to and respect? Who are teachers and innovators in the game? And it seems like he was one of those. So it's, it's really fascinating. Um, I, I will say this because this is 
a plug. It's not my thing. But there's this thing, like if you are a coach, if you're in the leadership, there's this thing that Mike Lombardi and George Raveling have created called the Daily Coach. And mm-hmm. it's the thing that pops up on Twitter, but they send newsletters. And last week, they did this thing where they were interviewing Pat Riley. And so you know how, how, how much I love he calls yeah. and everything that Pat Riley does. But in the piece, Pat Riley was talking about when he became a coach, uh, there were a couple guys that he had to go see. He had to kind of take in all of their stuff, and Bob Knight was one. Mm-hmm. And he said the thing that he learned from Bob Knight was the four Ps. The four Ps, DJ, are practice, 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 practice. <laughs> and and it's, it's, look, it's ironic that this is a week where uh, we lose Bob Knight, but in reading that, it really is everything because we've been around coaches for so long again. All the great coaches always talk about the game is won or lost on the practice field leading up to it. It's all the preparation. It's all going through the routine, holding your skills on the practice field or the hardwood or the diamond and making sure that you take the habits that you create in those environments and you just trust your training when it comes to the game. And so one of the things with Bob Knight you can appreciate is people talk about the way they practice and the way they went after it and the detail and the discipline that he demanded from his teams. And so it's not a coincidence that he won three national titles, that he is a guy that's a Hall of Fame coach, that he is celebrated as one of the best coaches that we've ever seen in that game. And so, yeah, we can talk about the complex and complicated history of him and some of his interpersonal react relationships with players, but you can't deny the success that he had on the court. And so at this moment, I would choose to kind of focus on that part of his legacy and his history than the other stuff that can cloud kind of his, and take his legacy. I was thinking about the football comparison, and I know you know Nick Saban gets a lot of credit because he's evolved over the years and he's adapted to the changes in the game and even somewhat in, in his personality. But if you're going to say what's kind of the hallmark of, of a Nick Saban team and a program that's won all these national championships, I would start with toughness. I would start with teaching. Um, mm-hmm. I would start with discipline. Um, those are the same tenets that kind of Bob Knight was you know built on. I mean, that's what he did. It was a team... You know, it was known for the innovation with the the motion offense and everything. We, I'm sure you ran it. We ran it in high school out here in California. But, like, all the innovation that he had. But then it was more, you know, it was just everything was about tenacity and toughness on defense. Honestly, making it like, you know, Nick Saban, the famous phrase there is fourth and one every day at Alabama. Like, that type of pressure and intensity uh, on a Monday through Friday before you even get to the game. I, I feel like that was something that, that he was about as well, was creating a very tense environment. So that when the games came, maybe it was it was a little looser for them. And it was almost like, thank God we got a game today. So here, here's the thing, DJ. Um, it's funny that you talked about um, Bob Knight and, and those things and the influence you bring up Nick Saban. Well, the interesting thing about Bob Knight is I think some of his closest friends, I think Bill Parcells was a close friend. because Bill Schembechler was one of his good buddies too. Yeah, and then Mike Krzyzewski. So let's just think mm-hmm. about like the level of winning that those guys. So Mike Krzyzewski, I think, played for Bob Knight. And so they yep. had their relationship. And then Bill Parcells may have been coaching at Army. Tony, La- Tony LaRusso was another one of his very good friends. Yeah. And so when you think about all those guys, right? So at a time where people are talking about the game evolving, and the game certainly has evolved. It, it has evolved in terms of your communication and your relationships with your players. But I still mm-hmm. think those old valuables and principles apply. You talked about discipline. You talked about detail. You talked about toughness. You talk about being able to teach the game at a high level. Well, the best coaches continue to do that. Nick Saban does that. Bill Parcells, you think about Mike Sheffs, who's a hard-nosed coach, but he yeah. also evolved throughout his time at Duke. Um, 
when, when I think about like Bob Knight and those things, I think about the story and I can't remember when I heard this, but I just remember we have an appreciation for coaches, right? And a, at a mm -hmm. time where people think it's all about the players, there's still a role for the coaches when it comes to elevating a team to a championship level. And I remember hearing a story where they talked about maybe in 87, where he told the team, look, if you get me to the final four, I'll win it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so DJ, like, like but when you think about that, to me, that's what the great coaches can do. If you get me to a certain point, I can coach us home. Mm -hmm. I can get us over the line with tactics and scheme and doing that. I just need you guys to get me to this point. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's everything. Because I think there, there are times where we would say this, and I know the Patriots are struggling, but DJ, in a one-game scenario, you wouldn't bet on Bill Belichick to win a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think those are the things that great yeah. coaches are able to do in a one-game scenario when it's my team versus your team if i'm coaching the team i'll figure out a way to get us to the winner's circle bob knight had that ability and so i think that's why so many people respect him within the industry yeah and one of the one of the clips that made its round i'd seen it uh, many times before but i it's one of my favorites was the uh did you see the clip of him talking about the olympic team with jordan at halftime mm -hmm. Or he's sitting there and he's like, all right, so this is, they're playing Spain in the gold medal game and I'll kind of retell it as best I can. But he said, they're up by like 29 points. He said, Jordan's only played like 11 minutes in the first half. He's got like 11 rebounds. He's got 18 points and he had like seven assists. And he's like, I'm going to the locker room. I have, this is like literally a perfect half of basketball from this team and especially from Jordan. He's like, well, what am I going to say? He's like, I know, I got to get on Jordan. I'm going to get on Jordan at halftime. So he comes in there at halftime and he goes, Mike, Mike, when are you going to set a screen? We got four guys out there setting screens for you, and you're not setting any screens. I guess I got to put somebody else in the game so we can get screens. All you're doing is scoring, passing, and rebounding. <laughs> he goes, Jordan got a big smile on his face. Jordan gets a big smile on his face. He goes, Coach, I saw the other day you said that I was the quickest player you've ever seen. And he goes, what the heck does that guy do with setting a screen? He goes, Coach. Maybe I'm just setting them so fast you can't see them. <laughs> and, he go, and Knight goes, well, well, gosh darn it. Start setting them slower so I can see them then. <laughs> but then he was, I mean, he was on record, Buck, at, at that time before Jordan's played an NBA game saying he's the best player he's ever seen. Ever. So let's think about the interaction right there. Okay, so, I mean, once again, at a time where we're talking about the Patriots and the Patriot way and Tom Brady. Jordan humbling himself to allow himself to be coached. Yeah. That's the interaction I get. Not only Jordan taking the coaching, but Bob Knight also coaching the best player hard. Mm -hmm. Because when you can coach the number one player and the number one player is willing to be coached, now you can coach the rest of the team. And so Great it's point. understanding that part of it. No, I'm going to go hard at the best player because he sets the tone. I come at him. I hold him to a high standard. You know I'm going to hold the rest of you guys to a high standard. But everybody that puts on the uniform is going to get coached and they're going to be held to a standard that they have to meet. And I'm not relenting on my standard. So I want to know if it, you've ever had anything like this because it's all along those points. But Steve Alford, I was reading something about him who you know was all-time leading scorer at Indiana when he left there, um, won a national championship in 87, was on that Olympic team with Jordan. Um, didn't end up being much in the, in the uh, in the NBA, but was a great, great college player and was a legendary Indiana high school player. 
Mm-hmm. And he said he was telling a story about how uh, Bob Knight was known for kicking seniors out of practice. Like it was kind of that same thing. Like I'm going to send a mm-hmm. message to the senior. He said, but Alford was the only freshman that he ever kicked out of practice because everybody knew how good he was. But he said he would get on everybody, and he and Alford said, uh, I don't remember what year of this it was, but he said I came, I went, met with Coach, and I said, Coach, you can dog cuss me all you want, go after me, but don't do it to this guy or that guy because they can't take it. So when you get mad at them and you want to send them a message, you can deliver it to me because I can take it. I have the skin, the thick skin to take that. So it was almost a, as well of not only going at hard at the best player, but then I think kind of learning. Well, I can't do that with this other guy. He's not gonna. That's not gonna work. Well, I mean, that's the that's the key to everything and understanding that part of it. And like, like, look, everyone wants to be treated fairly. You just mm-hmm. can't necessarily treat them equally because you mm-hmm. have different. That's the John Wooden thing. Yeah, you know. So you want to be fair with everybody, but everyone like depending on where you are, like you have to kind of change up your style and and, and those things and. You know, for Bob Knight to be able to do that, for great coaches to be able to recognize that uh, is something. And so at a time when, look, man, it's a huge loss. It's a huge passing because what I used to love about Bob Knight was in retirement when he would get on the telecast and teach the game. DJ, that's what I crave as, as a fan. I, I crave the opportunity to learn and learn at the highest level and to hear him talk about different things, out of bounds play, late game situations, all of those things. To me, you can see why. He was able to win at such a high level because he was a masterful teacher and tactician. Um, No doubt. Um, All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into what's going on with the Raiders, the changes there, and then we'll hit on these rookies right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, Buck, let's get back to football here. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler out. It was Halloween night. I want to say 10 o'clock or so. I was in bed and I just checked my phone one time before I was going to shut it down for the night. And I was like, well, that's pretty normal. I'm firing people in the dead middle of the night here. Uh, but you know, the Raiders that's, you know, they, they've, they've been known to make these decisions at, at odd times, not surprised that they were let go in the middle of the year, but at night at that late, it was a little bit, uh, was a little bit alarming, but let's get into, to why, you know, why didn't this work? This was a team. If you remember, you know, Gruden thing happens, Rich Bisaccia takes over, they get into the playoffs with him in Mayock and then. Uh, Mike gets let go. Uh, they decide to go in a different direction, and Rich Bisaccia doesn't get the gig. They bring in Josh McDaniels. They fully invest in the quote-unquote Patriot way. Dave Ziegler comes in as well. It didn't work. Why? Uh, you know, DJ, it, it's remarkable. One, you guys actually informed me of the Raiders news because when y'all sent the text about the Raiders news, I was like, what Raiders news? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, so then I have to go like, oh, he got fired. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just kind of hanging out. Um DJ, I, I think it's, it's so many lessons to come out of the Josh McDaniels thing. One, I think Matt Patricia struggled with this when he went to Detroit. Sometimes when a team has a level of success, sometimes you tweak what's going on. You don't completely tear down what's going on. Mm-hmm. Meaning, when you're the Raiders and you're 10 and 7 and you've had a modicum of success, like it's not the, 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 the ultimate in terms of achievement, but you're inheriting a playoff team. So mm-hmm. this team already feels good about itself. They kind of feel like, okay, we're making some progress or whatever. When you come in and you completely change what they've done, what you do is you hold yourself, you, you kind of put yourself in a position to be questioned and critiqued internally by the team. Because the team is like, hey, we won a certain way. Why yeah. are you coming in with these different things that are so drastically different than before? And if you're the coach and you don't acknowledge the success that you previously had, then it becomes a thing like, hey, man, like, wait a minute, hold on. We, we won 10 games. Like, you mm-hmm. over here talking about we're terrible, we're not this. It doesn't work. And so I think what you have to do is leadership is not one size fits all. The way you build a team is not whatever. What works in New England may not work somewhere else. They're different things. And so you have to take the good in terms of what you learned from a previous spot, and you have to be able to implement it while also adapting and adjusting to the environment that you're going to while retaining your own personality. It's a trick to be able to do that, but I think that's what went wrong. The Patriot way is demanding and those things. But if you don't have immediate success, then the players begin to lose trust in you because they did it a certain way and had success. Now they're doing it your way and it's not working. Just makes it very, very difficult to bounce back from that. And the ultimate thing that you have to have in this business is Commitment, accountability, and trust. And if you don't have that trust by b- developing those relationships, it's really hard to get it going. I wrote this down as you're talking. I was thinking about it. It's okay to lose games if you're winning players. You can't lose players and lose games, 
while you're losing. You you can't be losing the games and losing the players at the same time. That's never going to work. Like you have to find a balance. Say, hey, we're not going to, you know, maybe we're not going to be good right now. We've made some changes and we're going to, it's going to be a slow process. But man, we're going to get buy in. We're going to get the players believing in what we're doing. And then even if we're losing some games, you think about, you know, the Lions early on losing some games. But man, we kind of, we buy into this guy. We buy into this vision, this, you know, the positivity that they had there. But man, when you're getting beaten down and it's negative, and I won't use the word toxic, but just kind of it's a Debbie Downer environment, and we're losing games, it's like you lost the players and the games. That that's where you can't come back. Like you have to be winning players while you're losing games to eventually get to the point where you're doing both. You're winning games and you've won the players. Yeah, it it, it has to be that. And I thought it was interesting because I sat and listened to the press with Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly, who took over as general manager and head coach, respectively. And man, the, the common theme was a lot positivity, mm-hmm. building them up, going after it, but having fun, making it about the players, uh, making sure that the best players had the biggest impact on the games. Um, things that sound simple as if we were talking, we talked to Bruce Feldman last week about flag football or whatever. Hey, man, it's a player's game. Put, put the ball in the hands of your best players and kind of figure it out. Um, there is something to that. And everyone wants a, a, a disciplined environment where, where, where attention to detail is welcome, but there's a way to do that while still kind of having a positive vibe and energy about mm-hmm. the thing. And I think particularly in today's game with today's players, you have to find that, that, that delicate amount. Guys want to be coached hard, but you better make sure that you love them up enough so when you do coach them hard, they know that it's not personal. It's just a professional opinion. It's not a personal thing that you're coming at. Yeah, and I think, you know, we were just talking earlier about Bob Knight and the juxtaposition here. We're like, well, gosh, you guys sit there and you're positive about Bob Knight, and then you're sitting here, you're you're down on what's going on with the Raiders, and we're not saying that it's the exact same thing, but it's a different time. I mean, we talked about, you talked about Mike Krzyzewski kind of evolving and changing a little bit of how you're doing business. Nick Saban's evolved and changed a little bit. I feel like, and I don't want to lump all the Patriot guys together because Vrabel's done a really nice job, you know, over mm-hmm. his time in Tennessee. But it feels like a lot of them, man, they haven't been able to flip that switch. And you know what? When you're Bill Belichick and you have all the, the full trophy case uh, and, and a way of doing it and it's and it's worked, it's easier sales pitch to the players. It's, you know, you're you're not going to be able to sell that when you're losing games like this. It's just not going to happen. I think it was interesting when we talked about the Patriot, the Patriot way and the guys who've come out of that program that have had success. I would say Mike Rabel has probably been the only one to have success. Mm-hmm. I think it's different because Mike Vrabel being a player, he understands probably how to take in the Patriot way, what's necessary and what's unnecessary when yep. it comes to his team. He doesn't major on the minors. Like some of these guys major in the minors. Like they're worried about is this information getting out and it's just like, dude, stop. Just go coach your team and go win a football game. Yeah, because when I talk to guys from there, I've always been intrigued by like what they did. And I always love like the teaching aspect of it. I love the toughness and the physicality and those things. I always weren't worried. And look, I played for a disciple of that, that, that Parcel school, like in Tom Coughlin, where it was demanding. And, you know, sometimes it could border on being demeaning in terms of just, just it, it, it goes more from a negative standpoint than a positive yeah. standpoint, mm-hmm. which was different because you've seen it. More of the stick than the carrot. Yeah. And so, for me, it was hard because I come from Mac Brown, which is all carrot. And then those guys are like <laughs> stick. Like it, yeah. it, it, it's hard to kind of figure out like, like how to deal with that. And you just kind of have to evolve and do those things. And you're right, DJ, because of 
the guys who come out of the program and the guys that the Patriots have traditionally hired as coaches. Some of them come from smaller schools, some of them, you know, like, and like they're smart mm-hmm. in those things, but I would say maybe they don't major in people skills. And I've mm-hmm. always thought that if you could take the discipline and the detail of the Patriots, but also have a positive spin on it, man, imagine how much you can win. And we just haven't seen enough guys that have been able to come out of that environment and be able to put it together like that. And so we'll see because, man, I think this obviously damages the brand because you've seen yeah. so many coaches come out of there. Eric Mangini, I mean, Romeo, Grunel, like it's not a good track record for those guys that are coming out of the Yeah, Patriot. Bill O'Brien had a little bit of success, but then it kind of got, got away from him. Joe, Joe Judge, I mean, it, 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 oh, it's yeah. tough. Okay. I mean, Dave Ball kind of has some of that, like he, he did it, but I think he was away from it enough where people don't really lump him with that, but yeah. it, it hasn't been great. But I want to say the similarity too, because did Pat- was Patricia right after Caldwell? Yes, and they had one right. They had one. Yeah, it's they a similar go, they thing go, with the Raiders. Like, gosh, we yeah. like the other guys, and we won. Now you're a jerk. I'm not saying this about these guys, but like the 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 yes. outside in is like, well, now I got to listen to all this this stuff. This guy's all over me, and we're not even winning. Like, I had the, I had the, a good dude here before, and we were winning games. Like, what what are we doing? That is the hard part. And so let's think about Rich Basachi, right? Because it wouldn't be yeah. the Gruden thing. It'd be Basachi because they won with, yeah. with Rich. He's special teams coach, great personality, all this stuff. They're Took winning. the Bengals down to the wire in the playoffs. And so you now go from that to maybe a, a, a negative Nancy type. And you're having a hard time understanding like, man, everything is bad. But guess what? We're still not winning. We're harping on all mm-hmm. these things about taking care of the ball or whatever. But we're still an undisciplined team and we're not playing the right way. There was some disconnect between it. And we, you know, look, man, Devontae Adams is like, like great dude, like personalities, whatever. When yeah. you see his frustration visibly on the sideline, yeah. you knew it wasn't going. Um, yep. But I'll say this. The reason why it didn't work, their major transactions didn't pay off. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Chandler Jones, those guys didn't give them what they thought. Look and at so their high pick and Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, when you make those moves, those major moves, those major changes, you usher out Derek Carr, you bring in a quarterback, and look, man, you can't fool the players. If the players don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo was as good as Derek Carr, or if he wasn't the, the, the dude that Derek Carr was, this makes it very difficult, and it didn't work out. And when those moves don't work yeah. out, man, push you under the scope. Yeah, and we both know Champ. Happy for Champ. He's literally one of the best dudes. Uh, he's had a great reputation in the league, especially in personnel circles, for a very long time. So he gets his opportunity uh, as interim GM. Hopefully they give him a legit shot at that as well. Yeah, and like not only Chad, because um had a chance to like interacting with a little bit via text. And so, look, you're happy for good dudes when good dudes have an opportunity. But how about this, Antonio Pierce? I mean, years ago, I mean, like recently, this dude was a head high school coach out here in California. Where, where <laughs> no. I'm at, Long Beach Poly, he yeah. parlays that to opportunity with the Giants, and then he goes to Arizona State. And now he has a chance to kind of guide his own thing. And the thing that they all talked about was not about the X's and O's, but they needed a leader. They needed someone that could get them going mm-hmm. and be the stuff. And I'm not saying AP has to be the guy that has all the X's and O's, even though he's a great X and O's guy. All he has to do is make sure that they play in energy and effort and toughness because the players are good enough for them to win. They have players that can win. It's now about, hey, man, mm-hmm. let's go play. And so... I'm excited to see what AP does now that he's got his opportunity to kind of run his own show. Yeah, he is going to run with the rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, out of Purdue. They uh, bench Garoppolo. 
uh, he's going to roll. Uh, so, DJ. I mean, look, I, I was at the game when I was at the game. I mean, Garoppolo has played terrible, but I was at the game when Khalil Mack sacked Aiden O'Connell six times. So I'm like, I, I would caution against like expectations getting too carried away for this offense getting fixed. Yeah, I wouldn't think he gets fixed, but I think he probably gets fixed if you go into the game plan thinking, hey, man, Josh Jacob, you go touch the ball 20 to 25 times. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams, yeah. you go have 10 to 15 targets head your way. Uh, we start there, mm-hmm. and everybody else eats off of that. It's different. But look, man, Aiden O'Connell couldn't be any worse than Brian Hoyer was when he started. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo was turning the ball over, and he's been off injured. Like, the one thing we'll say about franchise quarterback, yeah. your franchise quarterback got to show up every week. It's too hard in this league. Mm-hmm to play when your quarterback is not available for 16 or 17 games. It's just, it's just a hard deal. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Your quarterback has to be there. No doubt. Uh, speaking of rookies, let's get to these rookie impact scores here. Uh, again, this is our, our formula that our buddy Jack puts together uh, where we assign points to not only production but playtime as well to find out which individuals as well as which teams are getting the most impact from the rookies. So individually – Last week, Jameer Gibbs, he was the uh, he was the highest score. Uh, Jordan Addison right behind him. C.J. Stroud, Will Levis with the big day uh, with the four touchdowns. Bryce Young, Laporta, uh, the tight end who seems like he's been on here every week and joined by another tight end in Dalton Kincaid right behind him. Um, but, Buck, when we're looking at teams with the biggest impact scores this week coming off week eight, it was the Lions, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Bears, and the Texans. To me, I, I would probably just start right up there at the top, man. I, I you know, I, I think Dan Campbell gets a lot of credit. Brad Holmes gets a lot of credit for the decisions they've made and how they've run this franchise since they've got there. But man, let's give uh, not only picking the right guys, but these guys getting on the field right away and making an immediate impact two years in a row, man. Yeah, I love it, DJ. I love I love what we're seeing from the Detroit Lions, and we talk about the synergy, right? Uh, it's not a coincidence that the Lions and the Seahawks are up there because there's a direct. Uh, correlation between the synergy between the coaching staff and the front office in terms of picking the players, but then playing the players. Yep. One of the difficult things from our standpoint is, you know, you can be a scout and we can say all these great things about, hey, this player can come in and do these things, but the coaches have to buy in and believe that they're going to give a guy an opportunity to kind of work through some of those growing pains. And when the general manager and the head coach are in lockstep, it allows those guys to get their opportunities because the only way you can play in the league is you got to get on the field and you got to play. And you have to have enough patience to kind of, you know, grow with the young players as they're doing it. The Detroit Lions have done it. Aaron Glenn did a really good job last year with a bunch of young guys on defense, kind of threw them out there. And then what he did is he changed in the offseason with the defense to allow those young guys to play and play at a high level. And then offensively, you talk about Jameer Gibbs and Sam LaPorta. I'll say this. Ben jo- we, we haven't even really seen Jack with well, Jameson Williams isn't a rookie, but he's a young yeah. player. Might as well be a rookie. But somehow, some way, they're getting these young guys to not only understand what to do, but they're doing it at a high level right out the gate. And that's been great to see. I want to hit your thoughts on this one real quick. Um, if you think it, look at the Lions, Jameer Gibbs, uh, obviously Alabama, Brian Branch, Alabama, pair of teammates coming in. Sam mm-hmm. Laporta comes in, as well as Jack Campbell, pair of teammates from Iowa. You look at the Seahawks, Jake Bobo, who's been great out, out of UCLA, Charbonnet out of UCLA. It's interesting to just see they, they've, they've doubled down on uh, some of these guys from the same school. It just it, it caught me. It caught my attention a little bit there. So I will go beyond the teammate thing, but let's talk about the brands and, and, and where they're coming from. So when mm-hmm. we think about uh, Alabama, 
in Iowa. Successful programs, winning programs, winning programs for a long time. NFL background with the coaches. NFL background. They've done those things. They come in, they understand it. Okay, UCLA. That's great when you talk about the NFL background. Chip Kelly coached in the National Football League for a Mm -hmm. while. He's been a head coach at two different spots. Those guys come in like pros. DJ, when we were scouts, we always talked about, hey, man, let's get guys from winning programs who are captains, who understand what it's like, the sacrifice that is necessary to play at a high level. You're getting that, and those guys are playing well, and they're playing successfully. I'll say this about the Lions, and I will be intrigued to see if they can continue to do it. There was a lot made a couple of years ago when Dan Campbell put together his coaching staff, and he had a bunch of former players mm-hmm. on that staff. I do wonder when we see their level of success, I do wonder if more teams are going to look at that. If the players, the former players, are good teachers, is there an advantage to having someone that's kind of walked in those shoes when it comes to the young players and guiding them and getting them going, that fraternity is different. I just wonder when you look at the lines and you see so many guys that have kind of donned the pass at the National Football League level, will there be more guys that are more comfortable with a bunch of players? Because I see it every week in Jacksonville. I just wonder if more teams would do that, particularly when you start playing younger players right away. I also don't think it's a mystery that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC and all they do is shop at Georgia and Alabama. Uh, you don't have to teach guys how to be pros. You, you teach them. You can teach them your scheme, but they've been taught. Like we talk about having teachers on your staff, those players have been taught. They've been taught technique. Uh, they've been taught how you, you know where, how you treat yourself, how you take care of your body, all those different things that a lot of guys have to come into the league and make that adjustment. And then we'll try and teach you our scheme and technique. Like they they are way ahead of the curve with all those dudes. So let's continue to expand that, right? So last year in Detroit, we saw Aiden Hudson have immediate success. Coming yep. from Michigan, big-time program, operates like an NFL program. Jim Harbaugh. Former NFL Harbaugh, head coach. Build yep. a program, those things. It, it, it's not a mystery. And we used to say it every year when we're sitting in those meeting rooms. You know, sometimes there's something about shopping at the schools that went all the time in college because guess what? Their players have a tendency mm-hmm. to understand what it's like. And if you can take players from those programs. And years ago, Clemson was one of those programs that was recognized. Mm-hmm. You're all this up. There is something mm-hmm. to being prepared at a lower level. So when they step into the league, it's not all new to them in terms of how to go and how to be a pro. No doubt. Um, all right, we got to run. Uh, this was a fun one today. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Appreciate you guys listening to the show five days a week. I uh, also have our, uh, our video show every Tuesday. You can check that out on the uh, Fast channel as well. So uh, appreciate you, and we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. 
Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.